Good morning, everybody. So today uh, is really a, a history-shifting day for the Los Angeles Lakers. Hey, look at us. James to Davis, and a chance for three. If you're telling me that LeBron James has Anthony Davis available to him, excuse me, I'm rolling with the Lakers to win the title. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. I heard it heard around. First of many, baby. He didn't. What was he doing upstairs? Hey guys, welcome to the Late Night Late Show podcast. It's your host, Ricky and Danny. We come to you guys on June 5th, year of our Lord 2020, in a time and in a climate where um, we're just going to put it bluntly, shit's kind of fucked up right now. So um, I have thought about how I would like to address this being a black man in America, right? I know we have an audience that's around the world, you know, as part of our Laker family, and we appreciate you for that. So this episode, we're going to talk about the NBA season and how it's resuming and this really weird schedule that's uh, coming up. But um, I think I'm going to probably make a separate show just um collecting my thoughts and giving you guys you know more of a organized fluid um conversation or point of view of how i see all these things because um like i said i think you know basketball is basketball right we all love our lakers but what's happening right now is way 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 more important than any um sport right now. And I think that conversation deserves a different platform. So be on the lookout for that. I think I'll probably put that out, you know, um, there's over the weekend. So uh, we'll get you this episode coming right now. Danny, how you doing, brother? What's going on, brother? Uh, everything's going going well. Uh, just resting, recovery, had a minor little back procedure done. Uh, so now I'm just I'm just living, chilling, rehabbing, whatever you want to call it. But I'm um, glad basketball's back. Um, I hope for, you know, all the peace and justice in the world, to be honest with you, man. Like, this is crazy time, um, no matter where you're at in the United States, whether you're in Minneapolis, whether you're in New York, uh, Florida, Los Angeles, Chicago, wherever you're at. Um, you know, I'm just praying for everybody to be safe and everything gets fixed, resolved, and, you know, justice will be served. But um, we and we got to just take care of that. So uh, everything else. You have, the, uh, you have the back of an NBA center, dog. What is going on, you man? Know, Let I me got, talk to Danny. Yeah, I got Larry Bird's back after he helped his mom put gravel in her driveway, pretty wow. much. <laughs> I can't be taking no more charges. Uh, but no, I just uh, I have a, a like a herniated disc hitting my nerve, so the procedure yeah. kind of separates the disc and the nerve. It's, it's a whole it's a whole thing, but um, okay. um, yeah, you and Dwight Howard get treatment at the same facility, apparently. So. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're feeling better. Bro. Yeah, everything. Rest up. I'm watching Danny. We can see each other right now. He's in the, uh, you know, the gossip girl position of two girls at a sleepover sharing rumors. <laughs> He's on his back on his bed with his feet up in the air with an ice pack on. <laughs> uh, but man. hey, you uh, you ready to get into it, man? We got yeah, a lot to unpack, going, dude. I, I mean, with all this, with all this uh, drama going on and all the all the like the weird stuff and the upside down in the world right now, man. The one thing that's trying to keep us balanced level of the Lakers, right? So let's get into that, man. And the NBA season has officially declared a, uh, a restart date. Yes, sir. We are looking at July 31st for our first set of games. When they start coming, they're going to be coming hot and heavy. Um, the NBA is, has invited 22 teams 
back into this season to finish out or finish out some portion of it. Uh, the goal is to finish out eight games in Orlando, 22 teams. So that means if you are a member of Charlotte, Chicago, New York, Detroit, Atlanta, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Golden State, you can officially start your summers. Good luck to you guys. Hopefully you make this world a better place. Enjoy Give us the one early second. Vacation. Yep, one second, Danny. I need to play some goodbye music, this time featuring Michael Jackson. Excellent. Thank you, MJ, for that. And as teams get eliminated, we will be dedicating a new goodbye song for each and every one of them. We had to take this first big group since they are now eliminated and disqualified for any more basketball this season. We had to send you guys off properly. So bon voyage. Enjoy these some more. Get the tan. Stay safe and stay healthy. As uh, the inside the NBA on TNT likes to say, they go on fishing. They go on fishing a little too early. Let's vote. Hey, uh, if, if we could just Photoshop the heads real quick on the fishermen on the boat. Thank you very much. I think it's time we should uh, focus on who has remained, though. We have uh, 13 teams in the West and nine in the East. Uneven, but I guess their justification makes sense. Hang on. We'll explain it to you. The top 16 teams in the Eastern and Western Conference will be joined by teams currently within six games of eighth place in the two conferences. So those teams would be the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, the Kings, the Suns, and the Wizards. Wow. Okay. All right. 13 and 9. You got to be within six of the AFC to continue on your season. Danny, any thoughts about the teams that were allowed to participate? Phoenix? Really? Phoenix? Phoenix? We're really talking about Phoenix right now? Um, I mean, it's just – it's 22 teams – um, obviously they couldn't do an 11 and 11 cause the Eastern conference after Washington is just looking bleak, I guess. Cause Charlotte had like 22 wins. Chicago had 22 wins. The Knicks got like 18 wins. Like it just doesn't make sense. But for the West, it's, it's more, there's way more interesting storylines. And the, the four teams that made it from nine to 13, I'm going to exclude the Suns. I just don't think they're going to win enough games and try to make it competitive. Uh, unless Devin Booker goes berserk. But, you know, you look at teams like the Pelicans. This is their chance to shine. This is their chance to get a lot of TV attention because of the games continuously running. You're going to see more Zion and Zoe. You're going to see the emergence of Brandon Ingram and his continue of his stellar play through his all-star season. Um, that young team's got a core. They got some veterans like J.J. Redick. They could make a playoff push to that eight seed. Um, I know, Ricky, I think you're, you're a big fan of the Pelicans, and I think you were picking them to make that eight spot uh, potentially. No, um, no I am not. I am not. Mm-mm. No, that's okay. I mean, Pelican, Pelicans are a nice story. They're a cute story. You don't New think York. they'll make a playoff push? No. Who has who has playoff experience besides uh, JJ Redick? No, I'm just yeah, I totally understand that. I'm just saying, as a young and emerging team, they can make some noise. And I know you were who is big... going to pull that group together Holiday. for Drew Holiday. Or okay. okay, awesome, because Drew Holiday has just been all up and down inside the playoffs for all I mean, of his he career, swept, right? I mean, they swept the Trailblazers. Right, and that was their time to shine. But I think <laughs> looking at a team like, you know, looking at all these teams that did qualify, I honestly only see Portland. one or two you talking about Portland? coming through. I'm talking about Portland. And honestly, man, I think Memphis has enough gap that they can hold off 
they have a really hard schedule to finish off the season. I think it's one of the, the hardest in the league. And to your point, the Pelicans have one of the easiest schedules uh, left in the season. But that means Portland would have to be leapfrogged over. Memphis would have to mm, go two and six, right? And San Antonio, who honestly is only a half game behind Portland and New Orleans, they don't make any noise. Like, I think, you know, Greg Popovich uh, preparing for all this time and for an eight-game season to make a playoff push, right, I I think you kind of got to give him some credit and give them the benefit that they're going to make a push for it. So, I don't know. Like, I love the Pelicans. We love the story, right? I think – Portland definitely has something to say in that regard. Yeah, no, totally. Um, on that, the only thing I would say is Pelican's schedule looks a little soft, as we just mentioned. If they can go early on, like let's say they win four in a row, they go in a quick four and oh, Memphis drops two games, San Antonio goes three and one, it's going to cause a, a little bit of that stir. I, I'm just, I'm not trusting, I'm not putting all my chips in New Orleans. I'm really not. The team I would trust the most to make that spot, and it, I'm sorry to the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies, they're also a young team, very well coached. Um, Jaws looking like rookie of the year, obviously, but they just don't have the firepower. They're grit and grind, as they always are, but they just don't have the firepower of Portland and even New Orleans in that regard. Um, Spurs are looking like that dark horse. Uh, do you really think the Spurs are going to miss the playoffs for the first time in like 22 years? Would sure. You, it's a pan- like, there's a pandemic outside. Out of all those players, do you trust DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge to get it together to make a playoff push? Interesting duo. I mean, they're not like the top tier duo in the league, but with their playoff experience and what they can get, Popovich, it's like hard to, it, it, it's hard because all these teams that made it minus Phoenix again, um, all have interesting storylines and how they can make well, the playoffs. Let's keep this in mind, Danny. It's not a race for the eighth seed in these next eight games. Right. This is a race for the ninth seed. And, and by the way, I think we called this and predicted this before any of this happened. So shout outs to us for talking about a play-in game or a play-in tourney or some kind of tournament to get the eighth seed. So thank you to Rick. I'm going to big, big shout outs to Ricky and Danny. On that one. Nice job, Late Night Lake Show. We got it right. We got it right. So go ahead, Ricky. Continue. All righty. So the play-in tournament <laughs> is going to work like this. It's going to be the number eight and the number nine teams in their conference. If the ninth seed finishes the regular season within four games of the eighth, the ninth seed would need to beat the eighth seed twice to earn a playoff berth, while the eighth seed would just need to win one game over the potential two games over the ninth seed. So break that down, chop it up, serve it on the plate, raw and fresh. Pretty much this is just an arms race to make sure that you are in that ninth seed because in the West right now, it is a two and a half game lead that Memphis has over Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento. Portland has played two more games than New Orleans, Sacramento. But, you know, if they drop one of these games and New Orleans and um, the Kings uh, pick it up, we might be looking at something more than just uh, nine play eight, you got to beat me twice like this is Little League Baseball playoffs. This could be a round robin of, all right, 
Sacramento, you got to play uh, San Antonio in a one-game series. Then you got to play Portland. Then Portland's got to play the Pelicans. Then whoever shakes out at the top of that would play Memphis in a two-games or one-game series. That would be, you know, again, confusing, but highly entertaining. Oh, of course. Like, I would, you know, everybody was clamoring over, oh, everybody should do March Madness. Everybody should do uh, the NFL playoffs. Single elimination. All right, this is going to be your your toe in the water of this situation. It's either it's a two-for-one special right now, and if we got some other teams that end up tied for that ninth seed, we're about to have a whole little Macarena of do-or-die playoff basketball. And and the cool part about this is you better bring your, your goddamn A game every fucking game. Like, it's not like in a seven-game series you drop game one. Oh, it's just game one. We'll be back game two. No, 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 no. This is game one. You better bring your A game. You better bring uh, four, uh, 48 minutes to just – you know, your best game. Cause if you're in that eight spot, that's your chance to move on. You don't want to give Portland a second breath. You don't want to give San Antonio a second breath. If you're Memphis, you want to take care of business right there and right then. And that's it. It's not a seven game series anymore. You got to change the mindset. So this is going to be very entertaining. Cause it's going to be the, you know, that college March madness feel where every possession matters, you know? So this is interesting basketball. It's very entertaining. I can't wait. Before we wrap this up, just a quick note on the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back to the East. <laughs> it looks like the Washington Wizards are five and a half games back of the Orlando Magic. They need to make up one and a half games um, to get a play-in tournament, right? So I think that would be interesting in Orlando, Washington, if they can make up that ground to have that play-in um, to how that would do. Can Bradley Beal and the you know land of misfit toys, Lakers, uh, sneak their way into the eighth seed. I don't know. I really like um, Aaron Gordon. I like Nikola Vucevic. I like just the collection of how like all of their starting five is six eight to six nine, <laughs> and uh, they just run them all out there. So we'll um we'll see. I think Orlando's probably got that locked up. What do you think, Danny? Um, I think you do because they are playing in Orlando, so it's more. Uh, familiar territory for them. They don't got to go far. Everything's all set for them. Preparation's key. They can practice anytime they want, essentially, um, and get everything down. There's no travel plans, but um, that's just the same for everybody else, right? Everyone's going to Orlando anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think Orlando's at advantage because of... Uh, actually, no. Let me scratch that. Orlando really has to just put the foot on the gas then. They're up five and a half. If Bradley Beal goes on one of those tears as a shooting guard, like the... like like a hardened style tear where he's carrying the load and dropping 40, 45 points to get victories. I can't, I don't see why not Washington could sneak their way into a playoff series with or a play in series. It's just, how is Orlando going to fare with just sealing the deal? They have like, how's their schedule looking? How's Orlando's schedule? What, who they got in their first couple games? And is it tough? Whatever. I haven't seen the schedule to be honest with you. If you want to just, yeah, so you also have to think about this. It's not just wins and losses between those two teams. The Wizards are pretty much dead in the water because every game that they both win or they both lose, that counts as no, that counts as a full win for Orlando. So actually the Wizards only have three games 
to make up one and a half games. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the Wizards would have to go three and zero, and Orlando would have to go one and three for the Wizards to make up that ground. Or if not, you're going to get to a point where Orlando has a five and a half game lead, and now there's only five games left. And then yeah. you know what? And then you're over. Done. But so you know, you never know. But the thing is, the NBA, especially with with this kind of style, like Orlando's not going to run into the teams like the Atlanta Hawks, Chicago Bulls, Pistons, Knicks, uh, Hornets. They, they're not playing the weak teams. They're going to be playing tough playoff teams, so they could easily go zero and five. To be real with you, like they could literally lose their first five games, and Washington can make up ground. Let's say they have the softer side of the schedule between the two teams, and they start off, you know, three and zero or four and zero, whatever it is. You know, it's just it's it's such an intense week of basketball or a schedule of basketball because Orlando's going to have to face, for example, they're going to play, you know, Brooklyn, Indiana, the Bucks, whoever the Heat, like all these are playoff teams. They're not playing no cupcakes. Neither the Wizards, mm-hmm. but Orlando could drop three, four in a row. Wizards could pick up a couple wins. It looks like Orlando's next real game because they play the Bulls, the Hornets, the Pistons, the Cavs. Their oh. next real game is, would be against Sacramento. They'd have Sacramento, Brooklyn, Indiana, Brooklyn, New Orleans, Boston. So by all intents and purposes, you know, rough. But we'll find out. I got my money on Orlando. I think um, Portland's coming out the uh, – is going to find a way to get into that eighth seed out the West. What's your prediction for the West before we go into break, Danny? I'm going to go Memphis, Portland. Because of the two and a half game lead that Memphis has. So if, you know, if they win, they can build up their, build up their lead. Uh, But I'm going to go Memphis, Portland and Portland upsetting Memphis in that playoff or that play in. Now the, the team that's going to be closest to Portland, I say the is going to be San Antonio. Obviously, um, I like the Pelicans as I said earlier in the show. I like them a lot. Uh, they're a lot of promise. But as you're, well, you got you got Portland oh, no, I, over no, Portland, Portland over Memphis. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, okay. If, so if do Lillard, I. If Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum don't get it right at this point, something's got to give in the off season, which is literally like a month later. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I think it's going to be Portland's time. This is Damon CJ's kind of. Not saying it's their last hurrah, but this is you know time's ticking, and you got to make up for this. So I'm going to go Portland at the eight, and then in the East, give me Orlando. They got that lead. Washington will make it interesting, but because of Bradley Beal and how good he's been this year, but give me Orlando. And there you have it. All right. Well, when we come back, we'll take a look at the Lakers' upcoming next eight games, see if we have any any worries, any any problems, any issues, any concerns with how they will respond once their season resumes and if that number one seed is in danger and what the hell that even means in the grand scheme of things with everyone playing in Mickey Mouse world. Late Night Lake Show. We'll be right back. I see a report that came out that said Kevin Durant is unlikely in multiple sources are saying that he is unlikely to return this season. I'm not surprised by that. The one thing that I want to know about, one thing I want to know about is uh, Mr. John Wall. Like, yes, it seems like that Washington, as we talked about last segment is like on the outside, outside looking in, but you know, Bradley Bill and John Wall, a healthy John Wall, even if it's just for eight, 
warm-up games, why not? Make some noise. I think he'll be on a, a you know a pitch count, a minutes restriction. But um, that'd be interesting. You think John Wall can make a little make a little comeback? Of course he can. He says he's one hundred and ten percent healthy, but for his own sake, uh, he says he's in the best shape of his life. Which that's every NBA player who comes into every season, right? But um, I think honestly for him, him and like for KD for sure, sit out. You had the Achilles tear. Uh, don't even attempt to play competitive basketball yet. John Wall's had a little more time to recover. I say if if he really wants to, why not? But for his own sake, I would just say, you know what? For the Wizards and for your health and, and that contract, you don't want to get hurt again. Because then Ooh, it's going okay. like, to look like, you know, wh- why why do we pay this guy so much if he's going to continue to get hurt? Just rest and recover. Come back the following season, which is in a few months, um, and just ball out. I mean, what else are you going to do? Oh, here you go. No, John Wall will not return to play okay. this season under the NBA format, NBC Sports. Whoop, there you go. All right, no Kevin Durant, no John Wall. Sorry about that. Anyways, getting back to the show. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Late night, late show. Danny, last we uh, left off, we were starting to look at what our our wonderful Los Angeles Lakers are starting to get into. So they haven't played a game. They will have not played a game in three months when they resume, we all assume on uh, July 31st. Actually, real quick, let's just go through the schedule of how uh, now until that game um, is going to go down for the players. So today is June 5th. June 15th, players located internationally must return to their market. June 21st, all players report. June 22nd, coronavirus testing begins. This is all Shams reporting, by the way, the only leader in breaking news. Um <laughs> June 30th, training camp begins in their local areas. Then June 7th, travel to Orlando, and then training camp will begin the 9th in Orlando. And then the NBA season starts July 31st. Other fun little quick notes, October 18th is when free agency starts. November 10th is when the next season starts. And December 1st is the fluid tentative start of the 2020-2021 NBA season. So lots of stuff coming fast at us, right? We're uh, It's going to be a little bit of time. It looks like before that next game, we're about 56 days away right now from getting some action. It feels like a lot sooner than it actually is. But once it starts, we're about to be onslaughted with basketball. And even when we crown an NBA champion of the season – basketball is not stopping. You go right into free agency. You go right into the draft. Then you go right into the next season. Before you know it, you're opening up Christmas presents, and we're 12 games into the next year. Our Lakers are looking at a comfortable lead with the first seed in the Western Conference. Danny, do you expect any team that slides or sneaks or steals that AC to give the Lakers any any problems? No. No. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, yeah. The most the AC might get a game. Portland might get a game. No, I was going to say the most an AC can do to us is making competitive game one. Because you know how LeBron is on game ones. You know, he likes to feel his rhythm. This is proven. He likes to feel his rhythm in game one. So if there was a little, oh, it gave him trouble. It's not going to happen. It's either going to be a sweep or a gentleman sweep, 4-1, 4-0. I don't see any – there's no 
we believe Warriors coming into that eight seed. I don't see it happening. Um, even with Portland, with Damon CJ, they they don't have the size, the depth. Um, and if unless they're combining for 80 points a night, I just don't see them getting more than one game. Um, you know, so there's no really team in the West that gives me any trouble. You could throw whoever you want out there in the eight seeds. Just it should be a cakewalk. It honestly should. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's any other fun scenario. But yeah, Dan really he might sneak in and get one, but you're um, a big you're right. Lillard I, guy. You're a big Lillard guy. Yeah, Dame Dollar's the man. And um finally once uh he gets up out of the city of roses, he can spread his wings and actually be the yin to Anthony Davis's yang. Oh, when, and maybe the best dynamic duo in the league when that happens. You know, sometimes you just gotta put it out there and speak things into existence, right? <laughs> but I agree. So we're, we're on the same page. I don't think the Lakers are going to have any issue with an eighth seed. But let's say, you know, there's a chance that they drop down to a two seed, right? Um, it, their next eight games will definitely determine that. And let's take a look at it now. Lakers will resume their season against Houston, we assume, on that July 31st restart date. Then they'll, then they'll play Denver. Another playoff. All these are playoff teams, obviously. Then they'll play Utah back-to-back, then Toronto, then Washington, then Indiana, and then Sacramento. Honestly, that's not, you know, the easiest road to locking up the the seed. As we talked about with the Orlando situation with Washington, the Lakers have a big enough lead. They're really just working – you know, a three-game set right now to lock up that number one seed. So not entirely concerned, but as it shakes out, I wouldn't be surprised the Lakers lock it up. You know, they go two and one against Houston, Denver, Utah, lock up that number one seed, and then, you know, start going on kind of a ramp up. We'll experiment with some more playoff lineups. Let's start moving some things around. I don't think LeBron James and Anthony Davis's minutes at any point in time in these next eight games are going to be at a level that it's been for even the season. I don't, I can't expect that LeBron's going to ramp up to 36, 37 minutes in these games against Houston and Denver. I think that's probably going to be saved for, for sure the playoffs. So with the minutes coming down across the board, players and coaches and teams treating this kind of like a retraining camp or preseason games. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if it gets a little, you know, gets a little hot in the room and the Lakers are kind of close to not winning the uh, clinching the number one seed. But at the end of the day, I don't know how much that even matters right now. <laughs> I mean, home court. Advantage, Danny, is it's it's not a thing. Yeah, it really isn't. But the matchups are. Um, I'm not too concerned if the Lakers don't finish number one, which I'm sure they will. Um, their schedule does look kind of tough. It's not a cakewalk as you know we think it w- could be. Uh, but you know if they clinch number one, they play whoever the eight is, which we already discussed that. But if they finish at two and the Clippers or the Nuggets get the number one seed, we we gotta play the Mavericks, which isn't. It's not a walk in the park by any means, but. It's more of that's that's a five game series, six game series. And there's no way they're pushing us to a seven. There's no way that Luka Doncic just and Porzingis all of a sudden, you know, take over the reins and just dominate us. It's not it's not going to happen like that. 
Um, it's interesting that we have we feel like we're such at a comfortable lead with that uh, 49-14 record. We're going to get the number one. I think I think in that first three games, I think we honestly will go 3-0 because of the rest. Um, and I and I and to your point, why lower the minutes in the first couple games? Are you sure about that? I mean, James Harden does look like you know Jesus, Passion of the Christ, right? Now. And and LeBron James has been lifting weights. Since. And LeBron is the most slight, like uh, Kimbo like, slice. Excuse me, like I'm trying to figure out who is actually who yeah. in this season. Zooms like I don't know if Anthony Davis where who has seen Anthony Davis is he going to come back looking like Team Wolf like that unibrow just has now overgrown his entire face and we kind of have to like no, now man, you know the, the I'm telling you this I I honestly think that was funny by the way I'm telling you this the Lakers honestly in their first three games which you said it was Houston uh Denver Utah let's take it to them why have a minutes restriction when you have all this rest. You've been playing basketball. You've been you're getting your body in shape, and once you start getting the the minutes and the reps and everything, take it to them the first three games. Get that get the magic number thing out done early and as early as possible. Once you clinch, because if they do finish three zero, which I think they will, then you can kind of ease back a little bit. All right, LeBron, we're not going to play you thirty seven today. We're going to play thirty one. AD, you're going to play thirty. Things like that. If you take it to them right early, you're going to have more rest in the back end, so then you can be more fresh. If you kind of ease your way in, ease your way in, then all of a sudden the last four games in that eight-game stretch, you're turning it up, turning up, turning up, and the playoffs come around. That's where I kind of have an issue. It's like, why didn't we just do this a couple weeks prior? So then by the the slotted air, the slotted schedule where you're supposed to start the playoffs, you're actually a little more rested. So I say play heavy minutes early because you've had the rest. Take it to the teams early. Dominate as, as much as you can the first three to four games. Then after that, because I know the Lakers at best go four and zero, at worst go three and one. Then you go from there. Looking at other notes for when they're restarting the season, other interesting things. It's looking like the NBA Finals. They expect games every other day, and they are going to be aggressive throughout the playoffs with moving up the schedule. Of course, when series wrap up early. And by the way, these are still, once the playoffs start, it's still the regular seven-game series. It doesn't look like they cut that out. But, I mean, rest and relaxation. Hey, you got three months of it. It's go time now. And I am just oh so curious, oh so curious to see how many games Mr. Kawhi Leonard plays. I'm also curious to see how players who have been known to take a little – load management do when they're playing back-to-back and every other day in the playoffs and in the finals. I would love to see who's actually in the best shape because someone said, I saw on Twitter, that this is going to be a the hottest team is going to win. Yeah, that's true, but that's kind of like, that's kind of, you know, a duh. Yeah. Team in the best shape. Is going to win. Yeah. Like this is, let's just keep it real. There's still a pandemic outside. Outside of everything that's happening right now directly in the United States, the coronavirus, contrary to what Kyle Kuzma says, has not disappeared. Because people stop talking about it doesn't mean it's disappeared. The same way that in three weeks or in two weeks or hell, next week or even in a month, People are going to eventually stop talking about 
police brutality, it doesn't mean that it's going away. So when we have players living in this bubble and playing in this bubble where they have to deal with a pandemic outside and they got to watch where they go and where they eat and who they golf with, because Lord knows, let um, Patrick Beverly test positive for Corona and now he's out for two weeks. I don't want to see what the streets look like after that. The ridicule, the ridicule that Rudy Gobert got is minuscule to what Patrick Beverly would get if he were to be out due to COVID. But I mean, that's a real, it's a real issue. It's a real consideration. And then on top of that, right, you have these machines of athletes that are used to running in 82 game stretches and then 16 to 25 more game stretches for the playoffs. Like you shut that machine down and then tell it to start back up. That's going to cause some risk for injury. So I really stand by, I think the healthiest team via pandemic, (laughs) via um, just regular injuries due to, you know, being at rest for so long. I think that's, who's going to pull away the championship. And honestly, I still got my money on LeBron. Like y'all talk about age. I talk about who takes care of their body better in the NBA. Who takes care of their body better in sports? Conor McGregor talking about, oh, he heard that LeBron spends $1.5 million on his body and he was inspired by that. Yeah, that just goes to show. Even the best athletes aren't even putting the, the top and putting their yeah. money where their mouth is. I think to making sure their bodies are in the best shape. I think the two athletes in your case that keep their body in the best shape because of the investments that they're putting in, they, their, their, bo- their body is their investment. That's their tool. That's how they perform at work every day. You know what I mean? Um, it's easily LeBron James and Tom Brady. And as you notice, those are also two of the more veteran athletes in their respective sports. Tom Brady on that avocado ice cream, eating who knows what, taking care of his body, doing plyometrics and all this stuff at age 42, turning 43, still a top one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Then you got LeBron James spending 1.5 on his body, his training, his exercise. And clearly at 35, he's taken off and he's got those fresh legs. With this rest, as you're saying, I mean, like the hottest team will give people fits, but the healthiest team, because when you're going back to back, you're going three games and four nights, or two games and three nights, four, three games and four, whatever the case is, how they're going to schedule it. It's all about your winding, your condition, who's not, who's going to be fatigued, who's going to be winded. I heard the reports that Jokic has beach body now and he's got abs. I don't buy it and I don't even care. And I don't care what you say about that. James Harden can look like he's. Yeah. James Harden could finally look like he's in actual basketball shape because he's a little slimmer, but it doesn't really matter. It's it's all it, that that conditioning, that effort that you give on the court. It, I mean, the Lakers got it. I think the only team that gives the Lakers trouble is going to be Milwaukee, and that's going to be the finals. Clippers. The only team that gives the Lakers trouble is Milwaukee, and that's going to be in the finals. What a take, Danny. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's what I'm saying. I mean. You look at Milwaukee, Giannis is no slouch. Because, I mean, Giannis is no slouch. Obviously, he puts in the work. He's he's always in shape. But No, we're not talking about Milwaukee. How could you just throw out the, West of the, the rest of the West like that? You don't respect the Clippers? No, I do. I do. But I want to see how they fare in a back-to-back, like how you said. I haven't seen Kawhi Leonard play 10 straight games or 8 straight games without taking a rest. Paul George. He did it, he did it last year in the playoffs. I know. I'm saying this year. I'm saying this year. 
He ain't been to the playoffs. We know Kawhi gonna play in the playoffs. I'm talking about how is that body going to hold up? Okay, in the playoffs. I'm talking about injury. How are shoulders? How are Paul George's shoulders and his wrist and his knee and whatever else? Is playoff P finally gonna show up for the first time since Indiana? Playoff P doesn't exist. 2013, it kind of existed, but everything other than that, it hasn't. So I want to see how they're going to do. Then you got Denver. I don't buy Denver in the playoffs yet. They don't got a guy besides Jokic. I, I like Jamal Murray, but he's not there yet. I like their depth, but they don't got a guy who can give it to in the crunch time and be like, you know what? Go get me three straight buckets. Go take over that game besides Jokic. And Jokic, this is his first time. If he's in shape, I want to see how he fares. Everybody else in the West, the only team that I don't even, I can't even think of one, to be honest. The Lakers right now are probably in the best shape. They got all the guys that, like, or for example, Anthony Davis, who's injury riddled or this, and he needs rest, and he's been banged up all year. He's got his rest. I don't see anyone else in the West right now actually giving the Lakers some go. If it is, it's going to be a six-game series. I, I don't know what team can push the Lakers to seven. It could be the Clippers. I, I don't see the Rockets doing it because they don't got the size. They don't play physical. They're all finesse right now. The only team that I would give them that trouble is definitely the Clippers. And you still have to give the Rockets respect that they can push the Lakers to a seven-game series if they needed to because they are the opposite of the Lakers. No, I get that. Yes, it might be the the newness of when they went, you know, all small ball in their first matchup against the Lakers, right? But I genuinely think they have – that superstar in James Harden where it's like, go get me three buckets in a row, right? He has ketoed his body and now is, you know, fasting in the morning and eating at night. I don't know. Um, you have, uh, you know, a number two guy in Russell Westbrook where I don't care how great of the defensive performance Kyle Kuzma has on him for one game. Russ is still a Hall of Fame player who is yep. still in his prime. Yes, he was having issues shooting, but it sounds like they, you know, it looks like they found what he was. Russ is a 6'3 center. He's a 6'3. He's a meaningful brawn and work from the inside out, right? And that is still something that could give the Lakers problems. He could get Anthony Davis into foul trouble, right? That's a real series, and it should be treated as a real series, and that both those teams legitimately are threats to the Lakers. Now, I still have the Lakers winning the NBA Finals. Don't get that jacked up. But to say no issues, Danny, no trouble. Is that so surprising for Come people on, like me, who's kind of been kind of hard on the Lakers throughout the year sometimes? Who's kind of been hard on LeBron sometimes throughout the season? That, that's surprising, right? Because you got to think about this. The Rockets, if, if they're not hitting shots, you're going to see a repeat of that game seven where they go 0-27 from three. What else are they going to do? You cannot have Russell Westbrook just attack the paint, attack the paint, attack the paint. When you got bodies in there that are ready to block him or attempt to block him or alter his shots, and if the Lakers slow down the games and don't play at the, the true rocket pace, which is that seven seconds or less stuff, I just don't see it going past six games. I don't see any team – okay, the Clippers, if, I, if, if, you see that, if you see the Clippers giving the Lakers fits, I will credit you. It will go six to seven games. But the only team I honestly see pushing the Lakers to seven is Milwaukee. I think that the Lakers' biggest trouble is going to come from out west. 
We'll see, though. Hey, there's no guarantee they'll see the Bucks. The Sixers are a good team. No. The Celtics are a good team. And there is a little bit of cannibalization that could happen in the West where the Sixers play the Raptors. That goes a long series. Uh, you know, Milwaukee plays Boston. That goes a long series. And then those teams play each other. And then that goes a long series. Like, there's potential that, you know, Mr. Giannis, Mr. Giannis doesn't have a guarantee to come out the East. And I think that should, you know, be a point that is not just passed over. Right. Like, I hate the Boston Celtics, but I love me some Jason Tatum. And if we talk about all these players that can go crazy and you give them the ball three straight buckets, um, before this pandemic hit, Jason Tatum was losing his absolutely mind. And I think that in any series, in weird conditions, on a neutral court, the Bucs can – I'd say it's more likely that the Lakers play a seven-game series – before they get to the West, uh, get out of the West, then never mind, never mind. Forget. It. Maybe I'll maybe I'll tell y'all another time. Oh, okay. Know. Here we go. Okay, yeah. conspiracy theory. Rick is. I'm bad. lower. I'm lower on the Bucks than you are higher on the Lakers. Let's just say. That. Interesting. I just don't see in the East, man. Like, I just don't see the Sixers getting it together. They have a great team. I don't see Miami all of a sudden pushing. The Bucks. I don't see any of these teams really pushing the Bucks to maybe. Okay, the only team that could give the Bucks some fits is probably Boston, and I'm going to say that confidently. That's the only team I see that's going to give fits to Milwaukee. Jason Tatum's an All Star. He's a potential superstar one day, and he's been balling like one. Yes, Jalen Brown's emerging. Yes, Kemba Walker's a veteran point guard who as bad as the Charlotte Bobcats slash Hornets were, still managed to take him to the playoffs. This team is nice. I just think that's the only tough team that could push Milwaukee. Because remember, Kevin Durant does not play for the Brooklyn Nets right now. And if the, and if the Brooklyn Nets did have Kevin Durant fully healthy, this is a whole different conversation in the East. Whole different conversation in the East. So great. So we're going to have to get on up out of here, y'all. Hopefully you guys have been entertained and educated about what we're about to jump into um, as far as the resumption of the NBA season. We're all excited that we're about to get it going. Um, obviously, there is still a lot of stuff that needs to be worked out as far as testing, uh, the daily testing, what happens when a player um, actually does test positive, right? Um, are families allowed to join? Are they pumping artificial noise into the stadium what incentive the number one team number one seeds or the home court advantage teams are going to have since they're playing at neutral sites a lot of stuff that still needs to be worked out and um you know uh, it, it looks like there is progress for there being answers to that i would you know if we could all take a page from how the nba is making decisions and moving forward with um um goals and objectives i think we'd all be better off so um you know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in our world right now like we talked about guys but we um we will continue to give you guys lakers coverage 
and at the same time still continue to voice what we feel is right in this world. And I will save that for another show. So, Danny, any last words, brother? Um, yeah, uh, quickly. Um, with, with all this drama going on in the world and all this inju- injustice, you know, we really want to band together. Um, I know it's, you know, we're on the late night show talking basketball, but this is a bigger issue than that. Um, you know, I stand with the whole movement going on with uh, BLM. I hope everything, you know, gets corrected. You know, justice will be served, as I said earlier in the show. Um, but I just want to take time and just say, like, you know, a, a, as a country like this, we really do need to stand side by side by everybody because we are a melting pot. Uh, this country was built, you know, on minorities and people of color, people of different races. So, you know, be kind to one each other, stand with one each other, support. That, that's that's my uh, biggest takeaway of this. Um, I just hope this all gets corrected and the world one day will be peaceful. A lot to ask for, but it starts with one step. So, Yes, sir. And with that, stay safe, stay healthy, stay with each other. We'll talk to you guys soon. Play Now Lake Show. Be out. Peace.